Welcome back to another episode of the Statues Podcast. Welcome. I am your host, Denang, and I have my co-host, Crystal. Hi. On today's episode, we're going to actually start with Crystal as she has the questions today. Okay. Uh, oh, okay, okay, cool. Go for it. <laughs> uh, so you going to school for television and broadcasting. I know that in your program, you're also required to... Um, watch movies and critique them so with that i know that every time we watch a movie you're very critical of it too yeah you never watch it twice unless it's a movie you really really love yeah so because of that i want to ask you out of everything that you've seen movies tvs um you know like small short clips or whatever it is have you ever come across one that you just genuinely didn't like? Okay, so this question was actually extremely hard, right? Because it's exactly like how you said it is. <clears throat> once you go to film school, everything ruins everything for you. Mm-hmm. So once you start watching a movie, especially with me, I can't watch it twice because the second time I start critiquing everything. First time I can watch it for fun. Mm-hmm. The only time I've ever critiqued a movie immediately, and this is how this, I know you told me not to say this movie, but I have to say it. <laughs> it was Batman versus Superman, and <laughs> that's the only movie that, to, to honest God, is the worst movie that I've ever come across. You know, I know we talked about this too, because I needed to pose this question the day before, just because I know that we've together we've watched a lot of movies yeah and i have to agree with you you know i think it's just the execution was just really bad see as someone that went to television and broadcasting and like um like film and critiquing films and all that kind of stuff it was hard to watch that movie because there was no steady um storyline there was no steady storyline off the bat so it was just jump here jump there jump here jump there and then so it had it left a lot of it to the viewers being confused and trying to figure things out on their own yeah no i think i for me it's like i said for me the the overall execution of the movie was actually really poorly done and i i was really confused because you know they kept jumping back into the past the present the future like back and forth you know like 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 sneaking bits here and there and you just start really questioning like what is what's the story what 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 was the intentions of doing all that i know that they wanted to to bring in um was it wonder woman i think so yeah i think they were trying to bring her into the, the story so that they could make her own movies but i was just really confused about like what the story was i i just i just didn't like it the thing about batman versus superman that was like super hard for me to like was that at the time i was into um uh dc i was into dc but the television universe that they had created so I had the arrow, I had the flash, I had all those guys. So at that time, I was really into it. So I was expecting a lot out of uh, Batman versus Superman because uh, they were bringing two DC superheroes together. Mm-hmm. 
And so the expectation was already very high for me, especially because it's Batman and Superman. Yeah. Right. But then my expectations had to be lowered, too, because the thing about uh, DC is that they have a reputation for never keeping the same actors. Yeah, I think they've had quite a few Batmans and Super. Was it Superman? Yeah. yeah. They, they, they've had quite a few. And I know that the people that keep reprising the role are like very different each time. Very They're very different. different, right? And the thing that personally what I think is that when um, people are reprising these roles, they're reprising these roles as very big actors. Mm-hmm. So you have uh, Ben Affleck. You have Henry Cavill, right? Yeah, they're big names in Hollywood. Yeah. But DC was bigger than that, right? DC is bigger than just those Hollywood stars. These are heroes that go back to like my dad's time. Mm-hmm. And so like even with my dad, he didn't he doesn't watch Batman or Superman, right? The only one that I think we watched together was uh The Dark Knight. Because I actually like that movie, The Dark Knight. You know, I think that's the only Batman movie that I've seen, too. But I watched it with my dad, too. We went to theaters to watch it. And it was actually, I think, out of, I, I've seen bits and pieces of the other Batman movies. I like that one the most. I, no, I think personally I, for me, I like the older Batman. So the mm-hmm. ones that were, um, I can't remember his name. But it was from the 90s. And it was like Batman and Robin. And then, so they had one with the Riddler. They had one with uh, Mr. Freeze. Mm-hmm. Like, those live-action ones back then, they were, they were my favorite. I think I like that one just because, like, I think it's because that was the only movie that I've gone to see with my dad. Just just us two. So I think I think it was more so, like, Nostalgia. the memory. Yeah, the memory with it that, that was good. But I'm not... I'm not huge into like the DC universe. I've tried to get into the Arrow, and it's not that they're not good, because the characters they play are very well done. I just think that because it's so like long, and and once you start it, okay, you start a few seasons of the Arrow, but then the Flash comes, and now you got to stop that. You got to watch the Flash for a little bit, so you kind of know what's going on. It, it, they just, they just. There are a lot of crossovers between all the shows that you really have to watch it when it starts so you're not missing out on things. You can't just start something and watch all the way through because you're going to miss, like, you know, yeah. something very important. No, and, and it's very confusing because of the way um, the TV series uh, created it. Because it's like you said, right? So they have their individual heroes. Mm-hmm. But amongst those individual heroes, they also have what they call the crossover series. So um, each episode is so they'll start a crossover series where it's like five episodes long. But each episode is on a different series. So one will be on the arrow, one will be on the flash, one will be on, you know, uh, Supergirl. Yeah. And so then it gets confusing because once you start getting into those crossovers, you have to go back into like. So they'll have their small nuances. So the one with the arrow, if you watch the arrow, you, okay, now you understand, okay, these are the characters that are coming up. And then the second episode will be on the Flash. And if you don't watch the Flash, then you'll have missed out. Okay, why is this character here? Why is that character doing this? Mm -hmm. So 
like I understand the the huge uh, like um, confusion and the huge um, reason why some fans don't want to watch it. But for me, as someone that enjoys doing like th- those kind of things, where individually they have their own thing and then they bring it all together, and then after that they go back into their own individual thing, right? I love those things. That's why I love Marvel. Yeah, I- I've loved Marvel for so long since the beginning when they started it with uh, Iron Man. I like the Marvel movies. I don't. I I tried getting into the Marvel TV series, and I, I don't hate it. You know, I just, I just like watching the movies more. Personally, like you said, I, I can't get into the Marvel TV series. Mm-hmm. It's just something about it, right? Mm-hmm. But with the, with the movies, because they're so well made, mm-hmm. like they're very intricate. Yeah, I think I like the intricacy of it. I, it's like I said, the actors of the TV series. It's not that they're doing a bad job. They aren't. They're, they're doing it actually very well. I just I just like how intricate, how detailed the movies are, you know, especially because these um these characters and the actors that play them, they they've been playing this role for a very long time. So they know what they're really getting into. You, you know, like the expressions, the feelings of of what it is that they're the character they're playing is feeling. It's 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 amazing. I I like it. I I am a very big Marvel fan because of how um, aligned the stories are. Mm-hmm. So each superhero has their own individual story, but they also have their stories that interconnect with other heroes within that universe, right? Mm-hmm. And that that kind of intricacy, I think, is uh, is um, to put it very simply, beautiful. Yeah, right. It makes everything simple for the fans to watch. So it's not like these TV shows where it's like uh, 45 minutes long and then you have like 15, 20 episodes each, right? Yeah. I prefer watching a full-length movie. You get everything in one movie and then you go on to the next. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I prefer that. I, I Personally, I prefer uh, movies that are continuous like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, though? I, I feel... S- not sad, but when we watch a movie and it's, the movies are about like two hours long, you know, but they're amazing. I just feel like sometimes though, they, the directors and the editors, they make critical cuts to certain scenes that maybe they feel isn't important. But for us as, for us who are watching the movie, I feel like it's critical. So when they do like a director's cut and they really release like, um, you know, like certain movies, they release like the full entire yeah however long movie i like it you know and that's um that's the whole thing about uh the new justice league the Zack snyder one Mm -hmm. is when he released his four hour long one with like everything the way he wanted it to be Mm -hmm. that's why fans were saying oh this one was much better because there was a lot of things cut that needed to be in there to make sense yeah and personally i think i think director's cuts are the best Mm-hmm. Right, you get the you get the full vision of the director. Mm-hmm. Although you know, like I do admit, it it's pretty long, and yeah. and it's like rewatching a movie, but it's it's also like watching it with a new set of eyes, and there are hidden gems. You know, obviously, you know it it's x amount of hours long. But I I like it. You know, I like it just because when I watch a movie, 
sometimes I don't under like because of how fast it's going I I don't quite understand like what it is that's going on yet and so I feel like those for me those small cuts that they make are very important yeah see so I'm not a huge fan of uh Lord of the Rings because I, I'm not into that kind of um like I'm not into that kind of uh, fantasy and whatnot yeah but I do give it to the director because the way they filmed it, they filmed it one, two, and three back to back. So they, I think I heard them say they filmed for 176 days straight. One, two, and three together. Together. So the way they filmed it was they filmed one, and then after they filmed one, they went right into filming two, and then they were editing number one while they were filming two. And then so that this way, all the characters still look the same. All the characters are still there. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I saw it in a post somewhere, but that's why, like, Commitment. yes, I don't like Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. but I can appreciate the beauty that, um, I can appreciate the beauty of the filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question. The, the Star Wars trilogy that just ended, you know, um, what is your opinion on it? Like, because I know that some people didn't like it. There were some that were really into it and some that just was like, mm, like teeter-tottering between between the two. So, so what is your personal like opinion on it? You know, like I'm just curious because I'm not like a super big into it fan, you know, but I enjoyed the movies. I, I, I really did. For me, I grew up with Star Wars because my dad was a huge fan. So mm-hmm. I grew up with, so I grew up watching four, five, six, and then going back watching one, two, three. Yeah. Okay. So that's the original way you watch it. So I grew up like that because my dad had the VHS uh, premium box set. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, so yes. it was, um, I grew up watching that like, Every day with my dad, four, five, six. And then when one, two, and three came out, we got those too. So I mm-hmm. watched those. So I'm coming from a mindset that I understand that it's um, Star Wars has a big cult following. Yes. But Star Wars is also very brand new to this generation. Yeah. So they have the cartoon ones, right? So mm-hmm. they have the Clone Wars and they have whatever. Yeah. So the way I look at it is I look at four, five, six as. Um, my dad's generation. Mm-hmm. One, two, three was my generation. Yeah. Then everything that was created after that was for the newer generation. Okay. These cult followers, like my dad, the, these huge fans, when they watch those, yes, they don't, they don't like those. Like there was a lot of backlash about one, two, and three, and then there was backlash when they created the cartoon ones, and then there was backlash with these brand new ones. Yeah. Coming from a cult following, yes, I understand why. Uh, fans of Star Wars think like that. But I'm coming from more of um, like a filmmaker's perspective of um, directing it to generations. Mm -hmm. So when I'm watching it, the the newer ones here, Mm -hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed it because they're starting, uh, they're starting their new generation now. Mm -hmm. The way they ended it with the last one here, you can tell that, okay, there is going to be another part to it. And that part is for that newer generation of uh, Star Wars fans. Yeah. I personally loved it. 
I love the direction that they're trying to take it down. Is it is it going to ever beat four, five, and six? No, because the way they had done four, five, and six was beautifully done. Mm-hmm. Four, five, and six was so the story and just how brand new a concept like that was in the back in the day. Yeah, was awesome. Mm-hmm. But now that you have you know visual effects, you have all this kind of stuff. It's meant for the newer generation. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind it. Okay. Uh, you know what? It's like I said, I, I, I was just curious about what your opinion on it, just because I knew a lot of people were like, they were in the fence between whether to like it or whether to hate it. But, you know, when you put it into perspective of like, they made that for the newer generation so that they could enjoy what what the older generation, yeah. you know, was able to. It's it's nice. Yeah, because I remember when four, five, and six came out. When four, five, and six came out, and then my dad got that box set. These are these are like parents watching it like religiously, enjoying that movie. Okay, so now they're they're trying to. Not only are they trying to appease the original audience, yeah. they have a new audience, mm-hmm. right? So. To be able to reach that new audience, they do have to change certain things. Yes, and I understand the change that the the changes that they had to make, mm-hmm. the 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 build up of the story to build a whole new, you know, um, storyline. Of course. So that's why I can appreciate these uh, new Star Wars movies because I do I do genuinely like it. It's it's not bad, right? Yeah. It's just. From a standpoint of like, if I were looking at it from like old old fans, like original fans, yeah, I could see why they wouldn't like it either. Although you know, I don't quite understand what was the purpose of the Rogue One. You know that movie that, um, I think it was to give backstory to to more about like how they're like the resistance and like yeah. the history of it. Yeah. Okay. Because I watched it and I was like, okay, that's good. And you know, at the beginning, I was like, okay, you know, like. I can't wait to see, you know, like what it has in store, you know, like, am I going to know more about the characters, you know, their, their backstory. And then at the end of it, I was like, but this had nothing to do with any of those characters. And then. No, I think it was just explaining more of the, uh, the, the backstory and not the backstories to the characters, but yeah. the backstory of why everything was the way it yeah, was. Yeah. Yeah. Like the history pretty much. Yeah. That's true. So we have talked about movies, you know, that even, you didn't per se like so now i know that you have quite a bit what is your all-time favorite movie Hmm. you because i know that you like watching japanese movie and we've talked about it a few times on the podcast too but what is your all-time favorite movie one that you can like you know you think about and you and you just think about like the memory of like watching it like by, by yourself, the feelings you have. Either you watched it with your family for the first time, like like what is it that a movie that gave you great memories too? Okay, if it's a movie that gave me great memories, then I would have to say maybe Pursuit of Happiness with um Will Smith. Oh, that I remember watching that. That made me really cry. I was really yeah. sad. Like he played so, that role really well. That's why I like it. Is I'm actually uh, I'm a huge Will Smith fan. Mm-hmm. So a lot of his movies are a lot of the characters that he played are very different from each other. So that's yeah. why I enjoy watching it. Mm-hmm. 
that one for memory's sake, yeah, I, I like Pursuit with Happiness because I watched that with my mom and my dad. But if it's a movie that I personally enjoyed, like, enjoyed by myself, watching it by myself, because I watch a lot of movies by myself. Yeah, of course. It was um, a Korean movie. It's called Old Boy. Is that about the guy who ends up? Yeah. With, you know. Yeah, the- yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so the reason why I like that movie was because I don't know. Okay, so when the director created this movie, the reason why I like it is because of all the Korean nuances that are built into the movie. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not Korean, but if you were Korean and you were watching this, you would get the nuances of everything that's happening and why it's happening the way it's happening. Mm-hmm. So the intricacy of the character development, the intricacy of the story and the intricacy of the twist at right at the end of the movie, everything was beautifully placed. It's one of those movies that is a very timely class, a timeless classic that I watched. I watched maybe 10 years ago. I watched it six years ago and then I could watch it today. And it was still a beautiful movie. That director is one of the best directors that have ever directed any movie that like is in his because he has what they call a revenge uh, series. And so there's, I can't remember what this one was, but it's with the guy that is uh, the bad guy in G.I. Joe, the Korean guy. I, I think I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And so he's he's the main character. He's a cop. And his wife, uh, his wife gets murdered. And then so he's chasing down the killer. Mm-hmm. But he gets to the killer, but he lets the killer go. And it becomes a game of cat and mouse. So he has these revenge series too. So I love everything that that director does because it's not only is it fucked up because just the story itself is very fucked up. It's one of those stories where at the beginning of the movie, straight from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie, you don't know what the fuck is going to happen. Yeah. You watched one of his movies, the, um, yeah, the hands made it. I thought that was, you know what, I I watched it and I I didn't hate it because it was a well-executed movie. Yeah. I just was literally at the edge of my seat, every scene. I was like, you that, know. That's why I love his work. because twist and turns. I was, I was sitting When there. you think one twist is there, another twist comes and then another twist comes. Yeah, it's. I was so shocked. I was like, okay, you know what, this is, this is what's going to happen. You know, I had my story all laid out of, of what it was going to be. And then. No, it didn't happen. And then, the, like you said, another plot twist comes in, and I, I wasn't ready for that. I was like, what? No. Yeah. No, I wasn't ready for that. And and then, you know, right after, another one, a plot twister. And I was I was like, I don't even know what the movie's about anymore. Yeah, because, like, that's why I love Old Boy, right? Because when you watch Old Boy, so they made an American version of Old Boy. They did? Yeah. Oh, I think you, I think you said you didn't. You didn't, like I, didn't I didn't even watch it. Because that's how good the original one was ready for me. So when I watch an original and then there's a remake of that original, I won't watch the remake because I already enjoyed the original. With Old Boy, it was one of those situations. Mm -hmm. But then I saw clips from the American one comparing uh, the Korean one. And Americans can't get... um, Americans can't get it. Right. I, 
you know, we talked about this, I think it was the last episode or maybe the episode before that, but we talked about it is, is that Americans don't believe in like Americans, but like, I, I don't want to, you know, like, like white Americans, like, because yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they don't believe in the dead and the afterlife, like how Asians do, you yeah. know, like we believe in our ancestors, you know, being there for us in in that way and you know just we do believe in that that's that's why i don't think they'll be able to recreate movies like that ever yeah and like there is this specific scene in old boy where the main character is fighting like in a hallway it's just one hallway but the shot is a long shot and it's the way asians film it compared to how americans film it so when you're watching it you when you're watching this fight scene, it's a gang of people fighting against one guy. So you can, as you're watching this fight scene, it's about like two minutes long, a minute or two minutes long. As you're watching this scene, he's getting beat up too. Mm-hmm. He's getting stabbed. He's getting hurt. So you can tell that he's getting tired. But it's the feeling of, I can't die here. I haven't gotten the answer that I'm looking for. And then he gets up and then he keeps going. He keeps fighting. He keeps fighting. He keeps fighting. He's got a knife in his back the entire time. It's those things. And then the camera work too. So when you're watching the camera, the camera's, the camera's not zooming in. The camera is literally a wide shot and it's just moving back and forth like this. So as he's pushing forward, the camera's pushing forward. As he is getting pushed back, the camera's pushing back. So it's giving you that nuance of an audience. Like, Oh, he's winning? Oh, no, 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 he's losing. Oh, no, he's winning? Okay, now he's losing. Yeah. But the American one, they can't do that. They don't know those nuances. They don't know. Like, in the American one, he gets stabbed right at the end of the battle. So you don't get this, you don't get this uh, feeling of... Like a struggle? Yeah, like, oh, he's, this guy is just a hero, whatever. You know that this guy, he's going to win, whatever. Mm-hmm. But with the Korean one, it was like, he would smack someone. Someone would come, beat him with the beat him with the bat. He would go down, and you're you're at the edge of your seat, saying, "Get up, get up, get up, fight, fight, fight." And then mm-hmm. someone stabs him in the back. Yeah, that's mid fight that he's getting beat up and stabbed. Yeah, not at the end of the fight. Yeah, when it's mid fight, you know that the fight's not over yet. Mm-hmm. So you're attached to the character. Americans don't got that nuance. They always give their characters this hero complex. And that's why I don't like American movies is because that hero complex, it gets boring. It's overplayed. And, yeah. and so sometimes the way they do it is, I don't like using this words, but this is the best way to describe it is sometimes it gets really tacky. Yeah. You know, it gets really tacky and you're just like, I, I don't understand it. Like, like you could have just made it simple. Like instead of, you know, making it so complex and then, and unnecessary sometimes. Yeah. That's why, um, like for me, I don't like watching American action movies. I and know. I will say this is like even John Wick. Yes, I like John Wick. I'm not saying I don't like it. I love John Wick. But I grew up watching Asian, um, Asian action movies. Yeah. There is a huge difference between Asian action movies and American action movies. Because when you watch John Wick, as an Asian, all of his movements are very, very slow. The way he hits people, the way he'll grab his gun, the way he does this, that. 
I'm not saying that's not realistic. Yes, it's very realistic. But when you watch Asian action films, it's very different. Yeah. The way they punch people, the way they kick people, the way they jump down from buildings. The reason why it's real is the reason why it looks so good is because it's real. Mm-hmm. They do one wide shot and that's just the wide shot. And so you're no watching cutting. an action. Yeah. So you're just watching an action scene as is. You, you know, what the, I think and I'm not saying that this doesn't apply to like American movies, but I feel more so for Asians. We take pride in martial arts and and um, the execution of it, you know, because yeah. For Asians, you know, like doing martial arts is so deep rooted into like our history that it's like it's like a pride thing too. Yeah. So like um even with John Wick, right? So if you watch John Wick, the way he does his his so I like to call it gunfu is <laughs> <laughs> the way he does gunfu is not even as good as Chow Yun Fat back in the day. Chao Yun Fat, is he's an actor, an Asian actor. So he was one of the Asian actors that, in the time that everyone was doing martial arts and all that kind of stuff, he was the one that was doing like uh, gambling movies. He was mm-hmm. the one that was doing uh, gun fu. He would jump around with a gun, shooting people. And is it realistic? No, but it oh, looks him. awesome. Yeah, him. Oh, okay. I didn't know his name. I I was. I recognize him. I've seen some of his movies. He's actually he's got good ones. Yeah, he's got amazing movies. He's got God of Gamblers. Uh, he's got and like God of Gamblers is one of his best movies ever. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you compare action movies to American action, I always say like I don't like American action, right? Because the way they do it, it's so cut here, cut, 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 cut. So by the time you're cutting. We're not getting the impact. Like, to me, when I watch action films, I like watching Asian action films because one wide shot and you see them punch each other. You see them kick each other. You see them throwing each other. I like the older, like, yeah. when it comes to, like, Asians. Because growing up, and this, I'm pretty sure this applies to all Asians. My mom used to rent out um, VHS tapes mm-hmm. and they were all, like, um, you know, kung fu movies, you know, like, um, just just action movies you know my mom was really into like watching you know like jackie chan movies too Mm -hmm. so i like the older ones because they were just really well made not that not saying now it's not because it still is but you know because of you know laws regulations you know and and injuring people all that times have changed obviously so I, i enjoy it much better than because there wasn't any um how do i say this um there were no like r- restrictions in place compared to now. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get that. See, like, and one of the only action films that I actually like watching that are American is still, it was like Rush Hour. And Rush Hour, because the way Jackie Chan does things, it makes action interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, if you took out Jackie Chan and you took out the martial arts aspect of Rush Hour, would Rush Hour still be the same? No, 100% it wouldn't be. It's the way that Jackie Chan does it. It's the way that, like, I grew up watching Jackie Chan. So, uh, Drunken Master, Drunken Master 1, 2, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, I grew up watching all of those. If you watch every single one of his movies, you'll see his stunt coordinators. You'll see his stuntmen. 
you recognize those stuntmen. Yeah. That's why when we watch movies and I can tell like, oh, that's his uh that's one of his uh Australian stuntmen that's working on this film. Because they have a very specific style. Mm-hmm. They have a very specific way that they move that's very distinctive. Yeah. I like that. Because when you watch it, it's it's the wow factor of everything, right? Mm-hmm. When I'm such a huge fan of Jackie Chan that like I watched a lot of um his uh JC stunt team like um practicing and him practicing. And you watch the way that they practice. They practice how to fall. They practice how to get kicked. They practice how to get hurt. These are things that are very artistic that Americans do not have. Americans make it so over dramatic that it's so like it, it's fake now, right? So when you get shot, oh my god, like th- th- their whole body flies back. But that's not how it works. Everyone knows that that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. But when you watch Jackie Chan fight and he kicks someone in the chin and they fly up, it's that it's the way that the stunt man goes up and comes down, folds his body down. That is art. That is called physical art. These are things that I grew up with and watched and enjoyed and and these are things that have contributed to like why I watch certain movies and why I don't. Yeah. One of the like best movies that I've seen that are actually action, Kingsman. I really like the movie. Yeah. I really did. The story <laughs> was good, the action was amazing. Yeah. And and the pacing of it was perfect. Yeah. It kept the pacing of that movie perfect it was, one and two was good it wasn't like too slow and it mm-hmm. wasn't too fast it was really like i said really well done i enjoyed that movie a lot not because of the actor don't get me wrong the actor was a bonus okay he looked amazing doing that too i just thought that like there were some scenes you know i'm not so about action i was more so of the storyline yeah. there were somewhere that i was like man like it, I, I forgot was that one scene where they were it was I forgot what kind of um what they were doing, but the guy was laying down on the train track and he's like strapped down, okay? And and they're like interrogating him. They're like, Oh, you have to give us an answer. You have to. And like the train like is about to come, okay? And he spills everything. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, Why? Why would you spill everything? You've gone through the like training, you know, you've gone through so much, you know, vigorous mental strain and you're gonna give it all up. I was so mad. Yeah. Oh, and, and okay, so if you're talking about one of the best movies that like I prefer that are American, mm-hmm. Korean, it's old boy. American, Baby Driver. I actually liked it too. I, but I, the reason why I liked it was the the uh, the music aspect of it. The the way the music played its role with the uh, cinematics, mm-hmm. because. The music choice was not only A+, plus; it was beautiful, but it played in with the pacing of the movie. So if it was like a chase scene, you felt the chase. Mm-hmm. You could physically feel the chase. Yeah, you. I think we watched it um, in like VIP because we, and we were just really enjoying that movie. It w- We pretty much had the place to ourselves. Yeah. And we were watching it. And I remember you hearing... It was it was right before we watched it. You said, "Oh, like I heard from an interview that the music was very um it, it played a critical role in it." And you know, when you when people say that, 
I'm very hesitant to like to really believe it because maybe they just say it to, you know, just just for the hell of it. But it really did play a big role. Yeah. Like music was a huge role in that movie. Mu- without the music aspect of that movie, I don't think the movie would have been the same. It was mm-hmm. the music, the music choices, and the way the music played with the pacing of the movie. Right? And not only that, the story was great. The story was the story wasn't overcomplicated. Yeah. It was a perfect storyline that was good for the timing of the movie. And that's why I love that movie. That's why I haven't watched that movie again. I've watched it once and that was it. Is I know that they were talking about it, but I wasn't sure. Was there gonna be a part two for that movie? I have no idea. I hope not. Just I hope not just because the movie itself is already good. And I just I, I personally think that it should just stay that way. Because if they did a second one, I wouldn't know what the premise of the movie would be that wouldn't be any more similar mm-hmm. than this one. Because I remember around that time, Ansel had like the whole like scandal drama going yeah. on. But I remember, was it from you or was it from some media outlet saying that there was rumors about a part two for that movie? But I wasn't sure. Usually when a first movie is really good, the second movie sequels never really make yeah. it that much better yeah i you know I, I can't find the word for it just because like you said sequels i i feel like because they the movie did so well the first time they're gonna use a similar you know like outline to the movie and it's just like okay but now it's overplayed yeah sequels i don't like sequels right if a movie is amazing and you can find and you can make the second movie even better then yeah okay go for it but when the movie's amazing, now it's got a standard that's on top of that movie mm-hmm. that the second movie either has to top or it's going to flop. That's right? true. That's why um, I enjoyed Kingsman because Kingsman, the second one was actually good. Like it, it, I'm not saying that it topped the first one, but I'm saying that it was good enough that fans of Kingsman could watch the second one and be like, damn. You know, it was also like a different storyline as well. It was a very different storyline. So it wasn't something that like, you know, like watch the first. I always think that if you're going to watch like a second or a third movie that came out, you should always watch the movies previous just because then you'll get more like more, m- more information out of it. You know, you kind of know what to expect. But the second movie and the first movie was was so different from each other. It wasn't following, you know, like certain characters, you know, like doing this, this, this. So I, I liked it. Okay, so I have a question for you then. Mm-hmm. What's a TV show that you find that is almost like a timeless classic that you could watch? A TV show? Oh, man. I, I, don't, I don't even know. Ah. That is a timeless classic. That in 10 years you can watch it and it still have the same, like, it still has the same impact. Man, uh, you know what? I didn't watch growing up. We didn't have TV. Like my parents were. Oh, I didn't have TV either. But I'm saying it like now, right? Oh, now. I, now. I, I mean, you know, I think it would have to be. Is it? It might sound silly, but it has to be Inuyasha. I, you know what? I for me, it's so. It's so timeless for me, and I could still watch it to this day, too. Just because growing up, my aunts and uncles, we watched it with them. 
like starting you know watching it with them when when my parents had sent us back home for a little bit and then coming back to Canada after they gave us like a lot of the CDs so watching it I I go through like nostalgia of of you know being able to just spend time with my aunts and uncles because they did live like halfway across the world uh, um the storyline is is really good too the music was great. The music's great. You know, I I enjoyed the movie as well too. The, mm-hmm. the movies. The that... mo- I've seen the movies. The movies. The movies didn't. The movies didn't disappoint. No, not at good. all. I like it. You know, people might say, "Oh, you know, like uh, it's it might not be good to some people." You know, some people might not like it because I know that around that time too. I I don't know if they came out together, but I know that you know they kind of overlap in some ways. Was, um. Sailor Moon too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I they they got really big following. Yeah, it's, huge it's a following. huge cult following. I a lot of people might not like it when I say this, but I feel like the newer ones, the newer anime. Yeah, the newer animes of I'm talking specifically about Sailor Moon because they've they have quite a lot too. Yeah, it's not the art style. And maybe the storyline, because it may change some things. I haven't gone, I haven't watched it, but I don't, let's say art-wise, I don't like the art. I like the art back then. It, yeah. It's something about it just draws me to to how it is. Yeah. You know, like, even for, you know, Dragon Ball 2, like, you know, just starting to get into it, as silly as it sounds, I like the art Yeah. back then yeah. compared to art now. Maybe it's because we have access to, you know, the computer, you know, like certain, you know, digital um, programs that allow us to draw a little bit more flawlessly. I like the rough edges of how the art looks. See, I, I have an answer for this question too, right? So if it is an animated series or movie that I will call a timeless classic, then any of the Studio Ghibli movies, timeless classics. You said TV? You 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 said now, TV series, but yeah, but now if it's a TV series, and then I have three, Fresh Prince. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Fresh yeah. Prince will always be a timeless classic, forever and ever. Um, The Office and um, How I Met Your Mother. Okay, for me <laughs> now, let me explain. Fresh Prince, I think everyone can agree, timeless classic. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to explain that. No, definitely not. The Office. And how I met your mother. Okay, so now these two are very controversial. I know that. The Office, though, I find it's a very timeless classic because the premise of the story, honestly, not really much of a premise. There's no premise to it, but I'm. But just, that's why I'm it's invested, one of those because you're not invested in the story. You're invested in each of the characters and then the the character developments that happen in the story. I think personally. That goes with, uh, like, Fresh Prince. There's no real premise. Mm-hmm. The premise is in episode one. It's this kid that comes from Philly and lives in Bel Air. Mm-hmm. Done. Premise is there. It's done. But you're invested in the characters and the development that they make throughout the show. Because every episode, the character develops in a way that's like, oh, okay, wait, wait, now I got to watch the next episode to see what happens. So in The Office... You're invested in, number one, you're invested in the pranks between Jim and Dwight. Mm-hmm. 
You're invested in the relationship between Jim and Pam. You're invested in the relationship between the office workers. You're invested in the relationships between um, between uh, Michael, Michael and Holly. Oh. Yeah. And then you're invested in even the the relationship between Dwight and Angela. I am. You know, I... See, that's why I say is it, it's a timeless classic because I feel like stories that don't have much... Ha- that don't have much of a premise make for timeless classics. Yeah. They fit in any time. But you know what though? I can't get into how I met your mother. Why? Because I just don't understand. Like it took this long and she, he ends up with Robin. Yeah, he yeah, still okay, ends so. up with her. I just don't, I just but, don't get it. Like, but you didn't, but you haven't even, um, so you said the same thing about the office. That's why I made you watch the office. Now I guarantee if you started watching how I met your mother, the the same dry humor that's in how I met uh, that that's in the office is also in how I met your mother. I, I can't. But the reason why I actually love how I met your mother, no, is you were because, disappointed in the ending. No, no, you, I'm disappointed in the ending wholeheartedly. I am, but I love the series because it's the character development of each person that I'm develop uh, that I'm um in like engulfed in. I'm engulfed in the marriage between Marshall and and uh, whatever his wife's name is, right? So I'm I'm you you're invested into those. I think any show that doesn't really have much of a premise but is about character development and the individual character stories are timeless classics, right? So now that's why, like for me, movies are very hard to find as timeless classics because they have a premise. Like for me, a timeless classic for me is like Ewok. A movie from like the eighties, bro. If we're if we're talking about movies though, mine would have to be spirited away. Like it has to be. Like you, you know, it's so cliche to say that because I feel But I think like any every, Studio Ghibli is a timeless no, classic. Any Studio Ghibli is like my like is like a timeless classic. But if I had to pick one to say that it's like my favorite you know, it, it has to be either between Spirited Away or My Neighbor Totoro. I, Spirited Away for me because I watched it with my cousins, with yeah, but my now aunts you, and uncles. See, it, it's, it, there, there's so the, much more with it. But the difference between you is that now you're adding nostalgia to these movies, right? I'm not that, adding nostalgia. I'm talking about from a purely TV and uh, film-based standpoint. If I'm talking about like um, nostalgia, then it's different. Now you're just adding like other things right for me nostalgia it's it's one of those things that any movie can be a timeless classic if you have a nostalgia here's the thing though is that like for me it to have those memories along with it is what makes the movie more enjoyable for me to watch too because i'm not just watching it alone i'm I'm watching with other people yeah but i'm talking about just from a film standpoint. What is a timeless classic that you could recommend anyone to watch? And when they watch it, they're like, oh, that was a great movie. Oh, man. No, without the nostalgia. Nostalgia doesn't go with everyone. That's why. Yeah, okay, okay. If you put it like that, I it would have to be... Cause I, I really enjoy, like, like, any of Studio Ghibli movies. Like yeah. the, the... I think anyone, anyone that has grown up on Studio Ghibli also understands that it's a timeless classic. Those entire, those entire set of movies mm-hmm. is a timeless classic. Out of the way. I, I, oh man, like, 
I can only pick those because you know what is really good. But if if I had to pick something that's not Studio Ghibli, it would have to be Cinderella. Hands down for me. Like I, I have to, you know, just like. Yeah. But you now, I, I guarantee you're thinking about it from a nostalgia standpoint again. Oh man, not <laughs> because when you're talking about Cinderella, you're talking about it from a nostalgia of a but, child. Oh. I'm talking about from a film standpoint. From an adult? Oh, my God. Because, like, now, take a look at it. When I talk about... I'm not a big, like... You know, you don't have to be, though. It's just based off the movies that you've seen, right? So, for example, when I talk about Fresh Prince, you're like, oh, because it is a timeless classic. Those are are TV shows that you could recommend anyone, and I guarantee anyone will get into it. Mm. Like, look. Even I, when I said The Office and then you started watching it, you got into it. See, that's what I mean by it is a timeless classic that in 10 years, that TV show or that movie will still be as good as it was the day it was released. Oh, I can't pick. I love all my movies. <laughs> yeah, but you love it from a nostalgia standpoint. That's oh, why. but oh, man, I can't pick, you know, like, because you know what? It's. Because half the time, too, it's not like I do watch these movies with, like, my family and what. Like, some of these movies I watch by myself, too. So, but I can't pick. Why? Because I, I'm very picky when it comes to watching certain movies. Like I, You're very picky because when you watch movies, it's from a nostalgia standpoint. No. You know what? If the, if the trailer's not interesting, if I think the story is going to be boring, I, I don't, I might not even watch it. Yeah, yeah, but that's what you do with The Office. That's why you never watched it until just recently. And now look at you. Mm, no, I can't fix. See, the thing about The Office <laughs> is that it's cringeworthy, and you it's... feel the cringe. Oh. That's why it's it's so funny. It's so that's cringy. Why, you know, Angie like you always, and Angela. Oh, yeah, I can't. That's why you always look at me when I watch that movie and you, that show, and you always t- like look at me and like, oh my god, you have horrible humor. You. The best watched. part about that show is the driest humor that the they thing, have. Though, is that you watched it over ten times? Yeah, ten times. Because that's why is those three series for me. Fresh Prince, How I Met Your Mother, and The Office. I've watched each and every single one of those. I don't know how many times now. Guaranteed over five, six times. But that's why I mean is it's a timeless classic. Because if I were to introduce someone to, if someone were to say, oh, what's a TV show that you would recommend? I would say that. If I had to really pick one, it would have to be either The Sound of Music or Grease. See, I, I, I can agree with that. Even if I don't think so, I can agree with that because I knew a lot of people that would say that. I knew a lot of people that loved the, that kind of movie. It's just, I, you know, I, I, I just love everything about it. It I has think you to just be, love musicals. I, I love musicals so much. Like, um, what is it called? Um, the, is it the 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 bed and the doorknob it was it was a disney uh musical amazing oh mary poppins you can't hate that that's also very good um what else I, i'm sorry but if i had to pick it would i would have to pick sound of music though you i love the story to it you know see for me like if i were to pick a movie I, I wouldn't be able to pick a movie because movies are not 
it's very hard for me to say movies are timeless classics. If it's a timeless classic, honestly, the only movie I could think of is probably Rush Hour. Rush Hour is one of those movies that, like, yeah, <laughs> yep, you could recommend to anyone, and because it's got comedy, it's got action, it's got it's got elements of everything. You know what though is that the comedy is <laughs> to put it in terms to like modern day is it's racist humor, but yeah. it's it was funny. You know why it's funny because back then, you know, like a lot of these shows don't wasn't fly. As- as pressed anymore you you, you know like yeah. the, it was just supposed to be funny it's not supposed to hurt your feeling you know because we could relate to it it's hilarious to us but now you know it, but that's why like i that's why like i've always said is that the way society is now a lot of the movies that we grew up on would not fly anymore nope. so you have like rush hour and then you have shows like um what well, even the office the humor in the office is hilarious because it's out of pure ignorance. It like the guy just doesn't know any better. But when he says it, it's funny because when we look at it, it's like, dude, we know it's wrong. But humor like that doesn't fly in this day and age because everyone is so pressed. Everyone is not willing to look at humor as a way, you know, like, and that's why um, a lot of stand-up comedy, uh, a lot of stand-up comedians have issues is because stand-up comedians, they use a lot of that racial uh, comedy because it's funny. The honest truth of it is that it's hilarious. Yep. The reason why Joe Coy is funny is because he's talking about it from a Filipino standpoint. He's hilarious. So we as Asians understand that. Yep. Russell Peters, the reason why it's hilarious is because he grew up around Asian Indians. Mm-hmm. So when you're speaking, it's hilarious. Yep. Humor humor is about that. Making it funny. Making something that shouldn't be funny funny. Mm-hmm. But it also comes with a lot of like it has to be around the right people and it has to be the right person to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Right, because if I had a white guy go and say an Asian joke that Joe Coy said, now it's just racist because <laughs> you didn't grow up around that, you don't know that. Yeah, no, right? I I get that. No, it's true. It's it's very true. Um, although you know, like out of all the movies that I've watched with you too, the one besides Handmaid's Tale, the other I don't know if we I don't know if we watched this together. I know we did watch this together. It was it was a butterfly effect movie. It was a Korean movie. It was, it was about this girl. Oh, it was on Netflix, The Call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, no, no, no. I, I was I was not ready for any of that because. The Call was an amazing movie with an amazing concept. And they were able to pull it off. I enjoy Korean movies a lot because the filmmaking, and I will say this, is, is just as good or better than American filmmaking. Mm-hmm. You know what though is that the call? I, it was oh, you know I wasn't I wasn't ready for what was about to happen. I thought it was just gonna be a simplistic, you know, like straight butterfly effect movie, like all the other movies, like out there about this topic. But there were so many twists and turns. That's why I love, like, um, if you love Korean movies like that, you should continue to watch. Uh, what's that movie? The Witch? Or was it The Witcher? The Witch? The. Uh, it was about the girl with the supernatural powers. I know what you're talking yeah. about. You know what though? Psych- psychological thrillers. 
because <laughs> it's it's a little heavy like for me just because it like it really plays into your mind and the, you know but it's the not... suspense the music the 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 mood, everything about it is like, oh my gosh! It's I, I prefer movies like that. That's why it's very hard to watch movies with you. That's why I watch a lot of movies by myself. Is <laughs> because I love watching psychological thrillers. Why is not because of the actual psychological thriller, but it's because I love to dissect how the movie was created like this, right? So, like, for you're example, more of like the um. The like the critical aspect of like you know breaking things down, but I I'm not I'm not like that. You know why? Because I I watch movies for the storyline, but because I'm so immersed into it, and like I said, I'm a I'm an emotional person. But like ninety percent so. of the movies that you watch are like friggin' PG rated or Disney movies. Yeah, that's fine. That's why it's so boring watching movies with you. Uh, hey, a girl can pick what movie she wants. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like watching those kind of movies. Okay, why? You know why? Because at the end of the day, when I'm left by myself and I'm thinking about that movie, I'm gonna be thinking about it, and it's 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 gonna keep me up. That's why I can't watch movies like that. That that's why you gotta watch horror movies by yourself, bro. I cannot do it. Like that Korean movie, I can't remember what it's called, The Witch or something. It was such a good movie because right off the bat, there's a twist, and then maybe like ten minutes in, there's another twist. And then as it keeps going, you're more immersed into how that character is developing. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, when you think the character is a bad character, you realize that she's just a, she's a good character. just trying to stop everything now. And I think that's why I love like movies like that. And why I really do enjoy Korean cinema, uh, Korean cinema. Mm -hmm. I enjoy Japanese, Korean and uh, Thai cinema. You know, also, I like the Train to Busan. Train to Busan was a great movie. I don't like zombie movies because they're just so, you know, because there's so many zombies and post-apocalyptic films. And now it's going into games, too. You know, like it's, it's a huge thing now. But the Train to Busan was the only zombie movie that I watched that I genuinely liked because you, you watched you know, it's about a father and a daughter, you know, like the father doesn't spend as much time with the daughter. And so, you know, this whole thing is happening. And he's, he realizes, you know, slowly that he didn't spend much time with her. He doesn't know anything about her. And he, this is the very last time that he could possibly see her again. And so he's going through these emotions, you know, while trying to fight for their life. And at the end, that, that was what got me. He he gave up everything to make sure she was safe. She was okay, and that's it. That's why um, another Korean movie that I actually thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed was a Miracle in Cell Number Seven. I I told you not to watch it because you have too much daddy issues. <laughs> but it's an amazing movie. It's about oh, isn't that the movie my sister watched and she called us at like what like one o'clock in the morning crying? Yeah, and I've told you and your sister. And I will tell any of the audience and listeners, if you have major daddy and mommy issues, do not watch that movie. Because the movie is such a beautifully played movie that plays on your emotions right off the bat. And I love movies like that. And Koreans do it so well. 
you, you know what movie what you've told me not to watch but i just happened to have, you know someone just sent me this clip and i had no clue the grave okay? of the tombstones a, a, grave of is it something of the, the tombstone fl- i thought it was firefly grave, firefly grave something, the, something grave it's, of it's, the firefly yeah there you go ah uh, yeah you're that, stupid for watching that when i told you not no to. no no here's the thing though i had no clue somebody sent this to me because so i was like okay you know let's watch it there was no title and literally the title said saddest scenes of all times okay uh, but this was specifically to that movie and i watched it my soul left my body and i cried so hard because i told you like you're such you're such an emotional wreck <laughs> that you can't watch these movies i can't i thoroughly enjoy watching movies like that because it's the realities that exist within our world that a lot of people choose not to see and not to feel so when you watch movies like that you realize that that shit's real that's why i love watching movies like that that's why i love watching uh, that's why I loved watching uh, Miracle on Cell Number Seven. It was because that shit's real. And oh, just thinking about it's hitting home. You know what? It just, it just, it made me so sad because I was watching it, and then like the you know the brother sister. I was like, she's dying. And she's just, she's just. There's like, I'm getting emotional. I'm just talking about it. You're so stupid. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever be able to watch movies like that. Just I told you not to. I even told you. Okay. Movies like that, you cannot watch. No, I can't. I, I, I will never. You can barely watch a movie with a father and a daughter because then you have like emotional daddy issues. You already have such such immense amount of issues that you can't watch ninety <laughs> percent of the movies I watch. Uh, you, you, you know, you're you're just stronger than I am. That's just. That's I'm just not that. stronger. Okay, I, I'm not stronger. I just, I prefer watching something that like if i watch disney movies all day it plays like this trick inside my head and it's so like i get disgusted of it i get disgusted of like this unrealistic view on shit you know what though you're a realist i am not and not that i want to run away from reality but when i watch things i want to be able to forget about what was causing me stress for the day or or what was or like what's going on right now in the world or in my life that's why i watch you know movies with happier endings because i just i just want a little bit of an escape i just want to be able to stop thinking about it for a little bit then uh, then once it ends okay then i will go and you know i think that's why i love um i love the office because it has realistic components of what love is, what sacrifice is, what like what real life looks like. Hi there, sorry to be cutting this episode right here. Um this is going to be the first of two parts. Uh we will be releasing the second part on Friday. Thank you so much for tuning in and we hope that you tune in again to listen to the second part. This is your host and co-host signing off.